Hi, I'm Jason Freeland, a writer-director of Brown's Requiem, and I'm here with... How you doing? I'm Mike Rooker, and I play Fritz Brown. And um, we're here to, I guess, tell you a little bit about what went on in making this movie. Um, th this movie is based on James Elroy's first novel, Brown's Requiem, and um, Elroy, in the beginning of his writing career, wrote, I think, four or five novels that um, all came out in paperback. And at the time that he wrote this novel, he was working at, as a caddy. And you see, and you're going to see in this film that there are a lot of caddies. And this whole idea of um, what these guys were like was something that that Elroy had experienced firsthand. Um, Brown's Requiem, while it's the first novel that Elroy ever wrote, it's the third one to be turned into a film. Um, I had read this at USC and um, actually had read all James Elroy's novels because I had read an article in what at the time was called the LA Weekly and it was an interview with Elroy about his work and, and he had talked about what he thought of film noir and what he thought of at the time only cop had been adopted, adapted into a film with James Woods and what he thought of that and um, I got really interested and it would take about um, six years before um, the rights to Brown's Requiem became available, and at the time, um, L.A. Confidential had not gone into production or anything like that, and it, there was a chance to, like, um, option the novel for not a lot of money and um, with a promise that somehow or another, um, along with the producer, Tim Yude, we would find a way uh, to make this film. And when I first met Michael um, was when I had a finished script and we were looking for Fritz Brown. And I had a chance, I went to meet you, I think, Michael, in Cleveland. You were working on a film at the time. Oh yeah, that's right, yeah. And I was working on a, a movie I was doing in Cleveland with, uh, oh geez, what's the actor's name? Uh, Robert Patrick? Uh, Robert Patrick, that's right, yeah. the big SWAT thing. And, and uh, uh, we got together and we worked for, you know, you had uh, had a, uh, uh, a script. Well, I, I thought I had uh, a finished and, script. I'd spend. Uh, <laughs> you thought you had a yeah, script. like over a year um, on <laughs> adapting it, and you and really didn't I, say much to me that night. You know, you were kind of crafting that way. You're like, oh, this is it's really great. I really want to do it. And yeah, then, yeah, yeah. kind of once you signed on to doing it, yeah. you know, we spent every um, every actor should always say that. You know, never say to the director right away before you get the job that, oh my God, this thing has to be changed. It sounds like a novel. It doesn't sound like a screenplay whatsoever. People don't talk like this. You gotta wait until you get the job first. It's, <laughs> it's one thing that's funny in this scene that I learned. This was one of the first days we were shooting. Um, I remember he did a great take, and I told him how great the take was. And I said, Ooh. "Wow, Jack!" And and in this scene, and I'm like, "Wow, that is, you know." I said that was so funny. That was so great. And he never did anything that good again. Yeah, you and, can't say that. Yeah, you know, a lot of times, a lot of actors, if you if you um, a lot of times if you compliment them. Uh, all of a sudden, well, they start. how can they do something better? Yeah, you know, you're like that's perfect. That's that's incredible. Yeah. You know, and you're like, do it again. I mean, what well, sometimes you sometimes you sometimes uh, yeah yeah they it just affects them. Yeah, I mean, I learned that with you. I mean, it affects just, me. You know, I, I yeah exactly. Only to I mean, say only say not nice things. Yeah, only negative. You yeah, know, be I'm negative. A, a born athlete. I I need the coach to go smack me upside the head. Okay, now go out and do it again, and that kind of stuff. And then I go out and do it again. <laughs> then I go out and do it again. And again and job. again and That's again until job. we run out of film. That's my job. But 
Uh, we spent we spent a good amount of time on the script and 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 yeah. fought. I, I think fought a lot about the script. And you know, I I don't even consider it fighting. I, I considered it uh, uh, debating and uh, well, analyzing in, in and, a good way. I mean, we know, both it, cared. It was, yeah, it was not fighting, fighting, fighting. Like a lot of people, if you say fought, they are going to get this negative uh, um, connotation on that term. I I think we really worked. What about very when you tried to run me at, over? Well, you know that. Uh, that was an accident. Okay. And how about when you threw the coke can at that me was, and that barely was, missed my head? That was I was tossing it because you wanted a drink. Okay. Okay. Had nothing to do with the script whatsoever. <laughs> nah, but we we worked really hard at adapting the script. You adapted uh, the script to what you felt was important, and then of course you you hire the actor, and and I come in, and I and I have to uh, go through the, the material, line. and and I have to speak it, I have to say it, and I have to believe it and understand it, and and I have to make it real, you know what we all do, all 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 the actors that I've ever worked with, what our major job is is to bring this this uh, uh, this word off the page and and make people you know uh, believe, believe it and 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 believe we're actually experiencing some of these things that we experienced during the movies you know this guy's been fucking around somehow and I want to get to the bottom of it so you tell the Jew around town, see what he's into. Will Sasso, who had, we saw him on Mad TV, um, was just, I, I just, I really enjoyed his performance in this movie and um, was something, was someone that I think, as we had said before, when you first met Will um, and, and we first started rehearsing this scene, um, we were wondering how it was going to work out. And, and let me mention that no one, no actor wanted to play Fat Dog because no one wanted to be, you know, even if they were... Um, fat. Fat. They, they didn't, didn't want to be associated be, with the role. Uh, they wanted, didn't want the title yeah, as fat the, the, dog. the name being Fat Dog. And, and, you know, everyone said, well, you know? gosh, we talked to a lot of really good actors who liked the part a lot. And they're like, well, if you call them something else... You call him corn dog, or you call him uh, Jack Dog, or Pudgy uh, Hound. Yeah, or you know, anything, whatever. anything but fat. They would be interested in playing the role, and so uh, you know, I got to give credit to Will. Will, that, Will, Will did a, a fabulous job here. I mean, a, as you can see, the the uh, we, uh, I think we talked about it on the set the day of that the, the the differences between the two styles here are quite vast, but I mean that. Well, you There's did no a good need. job. There's you no felt need like that everybody should be the same. You know? Like and it's great. You you could slow him down, and you did it by just being a detective and be and, oh, and trying I, to yeah, write things yeah. down. You really were able I to slowed, like. I slowed him down a little bit because he was in the beginning. He was very very quick. I couldn't understand what he was saying, and so I actually literally said, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Hey, time out. And, slow and, down here." And it worked because now, tell me that's how he would be. Exactly. He he wouldn't necessarily be trying to like really communicate to you. You know, I mean, he was trying to communicate, but he wouldn't yeah, necessarily yeah. go slow enough for and you to I, understand and I, it. And I have to write it down, you know. I'm not the greatest speller. i got, I got to write this information down. And it's 
<laughs> you know, it, it worked. It worked very well. And, and see, I perk up really, really quickly here when I see the, the greenbacks. And, and I like like the touches. Like you know, you open up the window in the back when he first comes in. You know, and the reason why you open it is because he really smells. Well, you don't know why I open it yeah. at first, right? Yeah. Until you know, until the the very very uh, tail end of the piece. You'll see just a moment. Yeah, when but, you sp when you spray. Uh, my God, the guy lives outside. Okay, he doesn't shower too often. And, you know, hey, as soon as he opened the door, as soon as I opened the door on him, there is this odor that uh, did something to me in a visceral way that required me opening the window. You know, and uh, the spray helped. My confrontation with Brother Leotis' bath this morning left a bad taste in my mouth. Man, was I tired of that shit. Solid Key and his love nest sounded like a nice little diversion. And it looked like I was gonna make some cash on the deal. The house was just off. This cold. is only it was a cute little three tenths of the driving yeah. that we did for this movie. I, we drove our asses off, man. We drove over in Beverly Hills and East LA and Venice and up into the mountains and uh, you know, we had more driving shots, and uh, we could do ten movies with all those yeah. driving shots. My lucky day. This is a Selma Blair, and um, Selma at the time, you know, we started this movie, had really not been in too many things, and, you know, has since really kind of uh, been in several different movies. I guess Cruel Intentions is one. She has her own TV show now, and she was really fun to work with. I had no idea... She was like, I think she was like 25 or 26 when she made this movie, and and her agent and every and she had told me that she was 17 years old, and you know I totally believed it. Any woman who saw the movie is like, oh, of course she's not 17 years old. Um, this is one of I love the way Michael kind of did this scene. This was a scene that again we shot in this hospital. We found locations that could like where we could set up, and this is the same place you see that the um, Fritz's office. It's just in a different part of this old abandoned hospital. And um, I don't know, this in a weird way is like almost like that. You start to see a little bit of the sensitive side of like uh, Fritz Brown. Oh, yeah. Very sensitive. He's checking her out. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I remember uh, coming into this room and it reminded me so much of, um, uh, of back where I uh, 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 trained as an actor. I went to a place called the Goodman School in Chicago. And they had just moved to uh, DePaul University, and we shared the space with the music school. And so this this scene is very uh, reminiscent of uh, the, the little uh, sound booths that all the uh, the musicians would go in, and every now and then we'd sneak one and and go in there and re rehearse our lines and stuff. Yeah, it's, it was. Um it's a weird scene because, like, in some ways, you know, you wonder. Her hair is weird. That's yeah, yeah, saying. yeah. Well, we kept saying, "Oh, we want these different, different, you know, these different things with her hair." But also, it's like, you know, it, for me, this scene is really like the place where you you see that actually, for the first time, that Fritz, like, there's a, there's another side to him, and that because in a way, we we have to believe that he cares on some level about this girl. And you and I had talked about the fact right, that exactly we. We weren't going to have this, like, we, we thought it was, that he wasn't going to have a relationship with her, you know, the typical P.I., you know, like, beds the woman, and, but right. it was more, I guess, 
the idea yeah. that he would like that she was like almost like a younger sister to him <laughs> that he saw like all these evil people around her and yeah yeah I remember we had that uh, major discussion about whether or not I was going to bet her down and all this kind of stuff and I, and uh, you know I, I just kind of felt anyway, that it was not necessary and I, I thought that it would it would it would be just uh, adding uh, gasoline to the fire the girl had already been abused and since she was very very young by these adult men uh, within the story you f you find out uh, more about that and for uh, for my character to come on and and almost do the same thing in a, in a way would have it felt to me that it was you know it was wrong it was wrong and um, and there was a, a better relationship that developed yeah. from that and uh, 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 kind of refusal to want to get sexual this, with her. This voiceover know. here is one of the ones that like Michael really came up with that just really made me laugh and we left it in. This is I think from like one of the first temp things that we did and we just kind of left it in. And and you know, and it, it kind of in, in symbolizes the whole thing of who this guy is. He's a bumbling detective. He's not very good at doing any of this kind of detective thing. And you know, that's like one of the keys I think to Fritz. He's, he's a very just, bad detective. He's just trying to earn a living, you know, uh, pay the rent, you know, buy a coffee and donut in the morning. You know, he doesn't want to be a rich man. Um, and uh, not very adept at... Uh, well, and also this idea that, you know, he he has this, which we kind of cut out of the movie, the, the idea that he has this um, stuff on, um, on Worthington. Right, on, oh, on, yeah. Cal Meyer, I guess we had to call him because of, you know, whatever reasons, but uh, he has, he arrested him, and so he can always make money doing repos. It's like, kind of like the bread and butter and this whole detective yeah, exactly. thing is it's just something that, you know, in, in my mind, he was doing to try to stay sober, to try to, like, add a little drama into his life, add some variety. Well, it's, it's, you know, it's, uh, it was uh, a business, and uh, and it was not a very thriving <laughs> uh, business, and uh, but it was it was his, you know. And, and uh, whether or not it was successful wasn't necessarily. Uh, uh oh, <laughs> watch out! I need to be prepared for anything. God, that dog. The, the funny thing about that dog is so that friendly, like, actually. yeah, it was so friendly, and it actually like would like when the when the guy would scream at it to try to get it to bark, it would start crying. So. While it might look ferocious, it definitely wasn't. And that, those are the kind of dogs I like to work with, you know. <laughs> uh, willing to uh, be nice. This is, you know, one of the things we had the problem with this film, which everyone debated, was that, you know, we were shooting during El Nino, and, like, one day it would be really super sunny, and the next day it was raining. And, you know, we kind of, like, we, we would use the voiceover to, in some ways to explain that. So, you know, we had this whole thing of him putting the top up, and... You know, we never knew, like, we shot that that way because we never knew how exactly these scenes were going to butt up against one another, and, you know, we would be going to bright sunlight. Yeah, you know, we didn't really, really didn't really care if the top was up or down, or, and it was going to rain or going to shine. Uh, I drive with, the, uh, with the, uh, the top down in the rain, I drive with the top up in the sun, and uh, we just sort of mixed it and uh, mixed and matched it so that no, uh, yes, so that no matter where we were, it, it would. It would. It would just try to like. Yeah. The, the idea is that if they were really paying attention, if the audience, if you guys were really paying attention to like the top up or down, we knew we, you know, kind of fucked up the movie. 
and um, so we just we would just play with it and um, this was shot actually all this was shot out in in Palmdale like at this this was I guess a prop place right I don't think this was an actual gas mart um, but we made it look like it uh, the movie we had really good people working on the movie. The, the production designer, Mark Rizzo, was someone who I went to film school with. And uh, Seo Mudaverek, the, the DP, did just an excellent job. I mean, I, I think uh, both of us were just, like, really blown away by, by what he did and with the lighting and how quickly he worked. Oh, yeah. Um, Solly Kay, uh, Hal, Harold Gould, who um, I had remembered from The sing, Sting, and Brian James who subsequently after this was one of the last movies he made he passed away um, last year um, and the day he showed up you can kind of if you look really closely he was working on another film and he has this um, little goatee thing going that we were really pissed off I was actually really pissed off about because you know you see it underneath there we, we had to use makeup to hide it and we did a pretty good job but like no cop he's you know playing this this cop no cop would have had this this goatee thing that he had and you know Brian who had done gosh I don't know how many movies he made in his life but a lot of them just was like don't worry about a kid it'll it'll totally work out we'll oh, yeah, take some yeah, makeup yeah, yeah. and and you know I think to for to some extent it did I mean I'll, I always notice it sometimes sometimes you directors you worry about the little tiny little things and and then once it all gets put together, you don't really care anymore. It's fine. Yeah. It works just fine. He, he was he was a lot of fun to work with. I mean, he just he he had done so many movies, and and uh, it was it was a lot of fun. Um, I'm, as, as I see this scene now, I, I'm I'm very impressed with the, all the different people we got from from LA here. All the real people. They I mean they all look absolutely perfect for yeah. And that's where we're at that's right Kevin Corrigan um, who. I had seen in a movie which really got me interested in him called Walking and Talking, and he's been in a lot of movies, you know, since then, and, and a really yeah. interesting actor. And you know, one of the things that like actually uh, we came up with here, he was supposed to be your friend, and we decided to turn him into your cousin to kind of give like a little bit more of like mm, a, yeah. a relationship between yeah. the two of you. But you, and the other thing that you came up with, which I think what really made sense, is that you know he was like the younger brother of one of your best friends who had passed away and, yeah, and yeah. you know a lot of times which I thought was really good is you know we would talk about changing things to actually make it fit the people because you know initially in the script he was supposed to be like a buddy of yours and you're like look you know there's no way we grew up together but um, well there was a, a such a, a such an age difference that I you know I, we I, I sort of was, I was thinking well I you know I grew up with guys with younger brothers that wanted to hang out with us and we allowed them to hang out with us, and that sort of like fit the that sort of fit the relationship right then and there. That maybe his older his brother, my um, counterpart, uh, ended up uh, biting the dust. You know, the song in this scene uh, it's a Jayhawk song, and um, the the this like totally I think summed up for me you know um, everything that kind of what this guy was about. Um, you, you came up with I think the line this idea of like uh, you know you had. Drank, or actually, it was the editor. I think Toby came up with this line of like, you know, that the Rustic Inn, you know, must have been the only bar in LA that I had never had a drink in. And if I had, I didn't remember it. I think, yeah, like, I don't remember coming up with that line. I think that those were like, um, it, it just, it, in this film, a lot of people contributed, and it was like everyone was really, um, 
really helpful and in, in, and really kind of understood what we were you know going for. And I remember early on when I talked to you about this idea of this guy drinking, and I had written this thing about him, um, you know, ordering the drink and never right. drinking it, and I was exactly. contemplating losing it. And you know, it was really interesting how like you then said no, you know, and it, were able to explain to me why it should stay in the film. And um, yeah, I, I just felt that it, it's. Um, uh, throughout the throughout the piece, uh, there's a, a, a challenging aspect and a and a uh, uh, almost a competitiveness with uh, with uh, yourself, whether or not you can you, you can win over uh, your desire to to gulp that drink down and and just have another and another and another, and uh, it's sort of like having that. Uh, and it it kind of, it became personal with me because when I was a kid, you know, I would I would uh, do this these weird things like kind of develop uh, a little habits just so that I could break them and just so I could see if I could break this habit now. And it was very easy to develop a habit, and it's very quick. You know, after one or two weeks of of doing a certain physical gesture, you just do it without thinking, and then all of a sudden you realize. Oh, okay. It's a habit. Now let's see if I can break it. And this is kind of thing—the whole thing with the drink. It's a, he, you know, uh, the guy, you know, drank day and night. I'm sure. And uh, and uh, now being on the wagon, it's real tough to break that habit and to have the drink right there in front of you. That's my is that challenge, you know. That's my jacket, which I still have, which you wore in the film. Oh, this is a lovely and you jacket. ruined it. And I did totally, not. Yeah, you no, totally no, ruined no, it. There's no, no, still no. fake blood all over that no, jacket. No, 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 no. I was very good to your jacket. Yeah, well, yeah. I don't know about that. But, Where's and, the blood? I don't see any blood. Not yet. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was a nice jacket. It's a suede thing, isn't it? Yeah, not anymore. It's just, nah. It just feels like a piece of uh, pleather at this point. Um, That's my hat. That's your hat, yeah, right. <laughs> this is the the rustic inn, which was a, is an actual bar, and we changed it to the you know to the name of the bar. It's in Los Feliz. It's on um, I think Vermont Avenue, and I remember eating lunch in that bar at one point um, when we were working because we worked in there for a couple of days. And I'm like, this is what it's all come down to: eating lunch in the bar. And the guy who worked there, like you know, who was the bartender, looked at me and said, "What's wrong with that?" Well, I, yeah. Well, yeah, I, I I grew up my my uh, my old man uh, shot pool a lot, you know. He made a lot of money doing that kind of stuff. Every now and then I'd wake up in the morning on the bar, actually on the bar with a couple of jackets over me, and you know we ate we ate dinner in the bar all the time, you know, like uh, ham and cheese sandwiches, toasted in a little oven over there by the uh, coffee maker. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. I mean, it's funny because like in a lot in a lot of ways. Um, that's what this film is really about. I mean, it's about this guy's battle with, with drinking. And, you know, while it's a detective story, I like it in a lot of ways we talked about this, that um, always in the detective story you have this hard-drinking detective. And while on some level that's always in the background and it's never really real, in this story we kind of really make it real. Like, what would it, what, you know, if a guy's really not drinking and is trying to stay sober... Well then, you know, it's going to be a lot more than just um, him talking about it. It's going to pretty much affect um, his well, whole life. Yeah, it affects how he re relates to other people and how he earns his money and whatever. And every time he goes into a bar, I mean, you know, he's definitely going to be thinking about like a drink. Oh and, God, yeah. Fred, he thinks about a drink every day, every minute of the day. 
you know, and whether or not he's going to go into the next uh, gin mill or, or, or go buy a six-pack and put it in the front seat with him or whatever. You guys were like, this was, a, this was I think, the second time uh, you and Will worked together. And, and by this point, um, I really liked the scene. I think um, you, you both kind of understood each other on some level, like how you worked. And... Um, and you just could, I mean, it, which was interesting to me just as a, being a first-time director is, like, as people work together more, like, it gets better. Like, this, you know, this being the second scene, I almost felt like, you know, it was just a better, it, it was more fun it, for me anyway, watching it. Well, he's, uh, he, he's promising more, uh, more money now. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, I like that. I like that a lot. And this is, and then this, I think we shot. This is the very towards the very, very end of the film. We actually shot down on uh, Lincoln Boulevard in Venice um, late one night. And um, this shot, we we were waiting. If you remember, you and Will, like it was just. This is, I think, this is the last shot we shot in the film. That driving shot. And um, you're freezing out. Yeah, you were we were waiting for it to stop raining because it like was raining lightly when we shot all this stuff, and then it started raining really, really hard, and we needed this this shot to open the film. And you know, in that first shot, you're like driving all over the road because it's four o'clock in the morning. And I remember it was just me and Sayo and uh, David Rubin, the producer, and we're just like kind of sitting on the on the camera truck, waiting for it to stop raining and you know, knocking on your window and saying, "All right." Oh, get it got, going. It got nasty there for yeah. a while. Yeah. That was actually, like, in a lot of ways, my favorite moment of the film, just kind of waiting for it to stop rain, raining because it's, you know, it's like when making this film was just like, it felt like a war. You know, it felt like every day there was something going on. Well, that was yeah, gonna... every day there was something going on. It was amazing. And uh, I, I, I uh, was fairly daunted there for a while, you know. You, you just, like you said earlier on, you know, when you're in every scene, it uh, it's sort of like um, it, it almost becomes a job <laughs> after a while, and uh, I think it did for a while. But I got over that, and it was kind of nice to actually go into work and just feel very comfortable, with, uh, just comfortable with what you're going to do, and and sort of uh, okay, what are we doing now? You know, and what's the next scene? And and uh, and I had. Uh, I remember working with you on the script. We worked on the script a lot. Yeah. I mean, we, we worked really a lot. We did a lot of stuff uh, before we even started uh, shooting. Well, we had talked through. We felt like there wasn't going to be time, you know, necessarily on the set to kind of talk through a lot of stuff. And, yeah. and, and even having spent weeks talking through the script, you know, getting on the set, things changed. I mean, this was a scene that changed because, and this I remember. Is this is a scene that changed my life. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, this is, we actually based this scene, there were a couple of things here that happened, one thing on the set, but we based this on the idea of you telling, you know, the story from, you know, when you were a kid, how these guys beat you up and, like, you, you survived by, you know, trying to get underneath the car. Yeah, trying to get up, up under the car so they wouldn't smash my head in more. Yeah, and... Yeah. But uh, yeah, and then this guy, this is like the funny, I mean, this is like, you know, it's, it wasn't funny, but this guy didn't know how to kick you, and like, he goes to kick you, and you get up, uh, and you're like, that's it, you we're know, not doing another take. I Well, I, I kind of, I, I realize now, and I, I realize that the, there's the kick right there, right there. The guy's, guy gives me a full-on uh, kick in the, in the kidneys. And uh, he was supposed to kick the sandbag, but he and, flipped. And, and he, he, he screwed up. And Michael, the professional that he is, doesn't stop, you know, but he kicks the car in because that's how pissed off he is at the whole <laughs> was, situation was, that he literally just 
kicks a, you know, a dent in the car. <laughs> and we left it in because, you know, it was like, that was real. You know, uh, I mean, he was, so he goes real. through the whole scene, you know, total professional, yeah. doesn't, waits till I yell, and then he's just like, then he goes crazy. But, you know, <laughs> I, I, I can't, I, I have no idea what it would feel like to be kicked you know, in the back. It, it and hurt. Yeah. Yeah, it hurt. There was a burning sensation, and I thought I was going to piss blood. But it, All right, Jay. No. <laughs> but it, I figured, you know what? It was my fault as well. I, sh I should have, as an actor, I should have said, wait a minute. I can't see it coming. I can't time it. I can't tense up. I can't break the, the, the kick, kick in, in any way. So it was not a good idea to... Uh, this is funny, and this you know brings up really something that I thought was really interesting in working with you is like you know there are certain scenes. I mean, this scene was a scene that I really was like you know there was like like an homage to Taxi Driver in some ways, and it was like I would talk to you about like certain scenes and say oh I yeah. was what I was trying to go for in different movies, and you know which was really interesting, and I I, I really came to respect is that you'd be like look don't tell me, <laughs> you know I don't watch any other movies, I don't want to hear about any other movies, like even in the voiceover, yeah, yeah. you know you're like just. You know, whatever. Shut the fuck up. You know. <laughs> I didn't want to hear. Well, I don't like to Two watch guys. movies. I don't like to go to the uh, cinema while I'm doing something. If it's really great, I think uh, uh, unconsciously you're gonna want to try to use some part of it. And if it's re if it really sucks, then it, you know, sort of turns you off on the business. But I, I prefer not to watch anything while I'm working. And on this deal, when you're working every day. I hate um, um, comparisons and stuff like that when um, uh, when you're trying to uh, describe a scene because you're so illiterate in, in, in film, you've seen everything practically. You can think of ten examples and ten different movies. and uh, and um, But for me personally, it's much better if, uh, if I hear... Uh, if we have a conversation and talk about uh, stuff that's going on right then and there that I can relate to, it makes it more real for me, and that's that's kind of what happened there, and we, and um, and it's very easy to. Uh, to uh, try to uh, to describe something by using other examples, and that's what a lot of people do. And every you know, people do that when they go in and they pitch a movie. You know, I think yeah. I mean, I think though that uh, I really came to respect that and understood that. I think working with you, this scene, which was really interesting. I mean, just to give you another, this we went to this location, and it was the location manager, um, Darren Bird, who said, "Oh, we should shoot the scene in the car." And um, we just did. I mean, it was like a really, really easy scene to shoot. Um, it was something that we, um, I think, turned out pretty, pretty cool. Um, going back to that, that idea of examples. I mean, one, one other thing I learned from working with you is, you know, never and and you know, as a first-time director, you learn these things. Is don't. I wouldn't tell you like when I would tell you how I wanted to shoot the scene. Um, that always would kind of, you know, ruin it for you. And it was always better, you know, I came to learn, like, it was better to say, well, what do you think? And, like, not tell you my ideas because, and I would think, like, well, you know, why is he getting so mad at me telling him my ideas? But, you know, I came to realize it's like, you know, you're ruining the scene for him. You know, let him discover his ideas and, you know, be patient. And then once, you know, you've, like, kind of figured it out, you know, yeah, then maybe yeah, I can yeah, say, hey, yeah. well, what about this? Well, what happens, what happens with me is that if I, if I get a general synopsis of the scene, it affects 
uh, it affects the evolution of the scene that we're developing right then and there. Because that's kind of what we were doing. We we're kind of discovering the scene as we went along. And if I get the entire, uh, the entire picture, then it, 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 it affects what we walk through. And we can't really decide. We have to decide on what is there then and there. What, what we're dealing with right now, like in this scene right now, like right here. The guy started singing. It was a great, it was an odd, oddball kind of song going over there. And so uh, I, I remember this, the section that's not really in here. I'm looking for this white guy. I started singing as well. We did a little duet there for a minute. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but I'm glad you cut that out, Jay. It was no, but I, I mean, I really, I, I really think that um, you know, it's weird because like all these locations, like I had been to the location so many times, and I had like this head start on you sometimes in terms of being at the location. But it always, you know, once I love this piece of foley that he folied the bottle, like the, the drink in the bottle in this film. But you know, once you like had the time to like just see the scene and whatever you know it, it really always worked out better and and you always had really really good ideas i mean it was like you're a very you know physical actor and that was something else that was really interesting it's like a lot of these scenes where you're completely by yourself like here where you know oh, yeah. there's nothing going on it's like one line in the script you know he looks around and opens this thing you know it was really cool to just watch you like create something i mean really truly just you know find this stick and be like oh well what if we put yeah, this that, here yeah and that wasn't a plant and I, I saw the big rebar piece of metal rebar as a how about if you know sometimes they put things up and they put a little if it's there i can use it as a crowbar and and open up and see all the girls you know yeah <laughs> kind of cool but i mean that was to me a lot of like fun and and i always felt like you know you at your best is like when you were just like like I mean later on you see in the film like when you're dragging the body and like you yeah. know people had said to me like oh is that a real guy and I'm like yeah that's a real guy like you know Michael just picked that guy up and starts dragging him and I don't even <laughs> think the guy was expecting that Michael would do that and you know that's something that's really um, makes this character and you know you playing Fritz Brown I mean there's a certain physicality to him that um, I think just would have been hard for anyone else to do yeah I enjoy I enjoyed doing that kind of stuff and and it just sort of uh, comes natural i i uh, i i do a lot of things i think in and and uh, uh, this movie and other movies that i've uh, been involved with that um would uh, the stunt people would like to consider them as stunts because uh, you know that's the way they earn their money you know, if you trip down a flight of stairs or you trip and you fall on the sidewalk, that's a stunt. Of course it's a stunt. Well, you know, it's not really. I mean, it's pretty simple to fall down. I mean, it's, I mean, and, and, you know, that whole part of how you work is something that, you know, it, it's like slowly, again, because you were there every day and it's like, you know, this is as much your movie as my movie. It's like, you know... Um, you become Fritz Brown, and there's a certain you know part of it. This is our producer Tim Yu. That was the other producer. We put him in as one of the mug he looks, shots. He looks natural. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think he was surprised because in the very end we just cut, we cut that shot in of his mug shot, and he actually has that behind his uh, behind his desk. I'm sure he. It's a good prize possession. There's there's an early shot of Br uh, Brian James, um, but. 
It was that was really interesting and fun to watch. Like this this headband thing that we did. That again, you know, a lot of people said, "Oh, is it really going to work?" Like he's going to, you know, so, uh, to have this headband for so much of the movie, and it, it kind of works. I mean, it's just there's like a certain goofiness to him walking around with this like, you know, like like drummer boy, you know, from like like the Revolution times, like headband. And then um, I remember how long, how much time you took. Like I, we must have wrapped that like four or five times, you know, uh, to just try to get it just right. You look oh, like yeah. you have a lobotomy or something like you've had a lobotomy or something like that. <laughs> I was a wee bit worried about that headband myself, Jason, I, I got to tell you. And uh, I, uh, you know, you get so involved in these movies and, and, and you've seen so many mistakes in the past where one minute, say, someone would have a headband and the next minute they don't. That drives me nuts. So I was very careful, very careful but, about... I mean, again, like the people, you know, this is a really small movie, but the people who we worked with on the film just really did a really good job of, like, you know, helping, like, you know, continuity. And, oh, there's so many, yeah. so many wonderful Mimi wonderful Melgar, the costume designer, there, yeah. who worked on that. There's Bud Meyer. Um, but, I mean, yeah, everyone really did a, a, a really great job, and I think that, you know, that's something that, again, you coming into this film, you're like, you know, kind of felt like, oh, well, I'm gonna have to be careful. I got to really pay attention to all this stuff myself. And I think you know, after the first week, you kind of realize, like, actually, yeah, okay, we kind of first-time well, director. And not only that, all the actors, all the yeah. actors were f fabulous. I mean, uh, uh, we're just about to come into a, a very interesting scene. Uh, yeah, one of, one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Well, you had worked with Brad Dorif before on yeah. uh, Mississippi Burning, right? Right. That's right. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was funny. What, what did he, he calls you, Rook? Yeah, Brooke, yeah. like, and I was just kind of like that was that was kind of interesting just to watch you guys kind of like re, you know, acquaint yourselves with one another. Yeah, well, we hadn't worked together uh, since uh, Mississippi Burning. I don't, I think maybe we've seen each other uh, once, and it was like just bingo, you pick it up right away. You know, it's uh, it's like riding a bike. You go and you you hop on after about you know two or three years, and you just you just Shit. get going, and, uh, and working the scene with the man here, it was so it was so great because uh, we had developed this relationship way back during Mississippi Burning, when we everybody was on location, and everybody hung out together, and and, uh, and all that kind of stuff, and uh, bingo, here we are again. But there's you know there's a certain like tension that that even and you know and I, I almost feel like you kind of created it like when we were doing the rehearsals of just kind of like giving him like little jibes and you know trying to you, you know like just to, like and, and I think he went with it too of just kind of trying to create a little bit of tension because that was ultimately what was going to work for the scene right. um, and great I mean he's such a professional it was just like I loved I loved working with him I mean just you know, it's like a lot of these people, they would just come in for like one day or one scene and it was like too bad, you know, they came in and then, oh, we had and, such and we shot people. like two or three so scenes in that day people, yeah. and he would come in, you know, he'd have a couple hours and then we, you and I were like running off to the next set to try to do, you know, two more scenes, you know, before oh, the end of the day. Amazing. Um, really like what Seo did in this scene also. This is actually, this is one of the few uh, sets in, in the film and just the light, like how... Like the just contrast there, I really, you know, every time I watch this, I really just enjoy watching his his work. And then this thing where you jump on the bed, which was one of those things where 
again, I was it was in the script, and you know, you coming on the bed, and I was started to suggest one way to doing it, and then you just were sort of like, no, well, I think we should, and you just did it, and you said like you didn't even want to talk about it anymore of like how to do it or whatever and uh, sometimes you don't need to talk you yeah. just do it and and you know it you know what's and, gonna happen and this pissed i think this really really made him feel uncomfortable i mean he really didn't like oh, when no, you no no yeah when you like kind of came and, and jumped on the bed and sat right he had uh, no he had no idea i was gonna do it you know he knew i was gonna maybe come oh, he didn't know i was gonna do that you know no, you're gonna yeah. do that you know, and he just did, close. yeah. He nice really snuggle up yeah. real nice and close to him. Like I'm gonna just stay yeah, in his and bed it, it until he just, tells me what I want to know. <laughs> and he just felt like, yeah, like like you were just kind of like this bull in the china shop. I mean, like you definitely got this, uh, like rook. That's what he called you. Oh, rook. Rook will just do it. You know, he just kept saying that. Like rook will just do it. Ralston. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Look at it, I'm reading the book, it's upside down. <laughs> or was it upside down? <laughs> what I, thought I it was don't know, upside. I can't see from this. Uh, what I remember one, <laughs> remember one take, I'm actually trying to read the, this book, and I'm like looking at it, and I can't tell because my glasses are not. And then I realize, oh, it's upside down. Now, uh, tell me, when you were working for the club... Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Fun stuff. Yeah. yeah. I love it. All his medications there, right there by his side, you know. Now, this this was like, I mean, I think, you know, this is one of the scenes. I mean, we would go through these scenes and, like, you know, it was interesting to hear, like, what the kind of questions, like, you always wanted to try to understand, which was something that I wasn't necessarily always thinking about, like, well, why would I ask about this and what was the importance of this? And in, and in this script, where it is a mystery, it was always really hard for me to, like, Ex- always explain all that to you, you know, and it, and that was definitely like something that was always difficult because you're like, well, why would I want to know about this, and what is the relationship of this to this, and since it was so convoluted in a way, I, you know. <laughs> you well, some of the some of the dialogue, uh, I remember some of the dialogue wasn't either necessary or it was too explicit, or you know, to and to to have it more. Almost abstract, or, or not knowing why you're asking a certain question can be a good thing. I understand. Yeah, that I mean, for a while. I think you know, for me, I was like really wanting. I felt like it was complicated, and I wanted to make sure the audience were following us. And I think as we more shot the film, the film really, you know, again became more about um, this, you know, the personal, like the this what was going on inside of Fritz's head, and and what it was all about for him. I love. This scene, this is like one of my favorite, you know, we shot this scene like in about 15 minutes and Tobin was again, old friend of yours, you know. Yeah, me and Tobin have worked, we had worked together and uh... I love Tobin, I mean he just, he was just so great, like the whole idea of this guitar that he was wearing, you know, when he like, you know, agreed to do the film, he just, you know, he called me up and says, I think this guy would have a guitar and, and I was just like, yeah, okay, you yeah, know, like, okay, yeah, sure. whatever, and uh, it was just... <laughs> well, Jay, for the price you were paying us, it yeah. was like, yeah, whatever you want, man. But, I mean, you he, bring whatever you want. He cool. Yeah, yeah, as long as you bring the guitar, but, um, he really exactly. turned him, you know, into, um, I think... Well, I gotta tell you, when an actor comes on and they, and they have the something turns them on about a, a, a piece of material uh, doesn't matter how large the role is if the role is written well and it's and it, and, it, and there's some sort of hook in there for them 
they can develop an entire history that you don't see on screen, but affects the whole, the whole outcome. This this shot is day for night, which um again say like which convinced. was cool. Thing. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, it, you know, cool. and I think it really does work. I mean, I was like, you know, definitely really concerned because there's no way we could have lit, you know, on our budget the entire entire golf course like that. One thing, getting back to Tobin, you know, based on, you know like what you had said is that Tobin explained to me um, this like the fact that his dad he used to have to caddy for his dad on mm -hmm. like Sunday mornings. Like he he explained this whole story to me. Um, about the fact that, like, you know, he'd have to get up, go to church, and, like, have to then, you know, caddy for his dad and all his friends, and, like, a lot of them would be hungover and stuff, you know, from, like, Saturday night and playing right. golf. And it, it was, like, the real kind of just how oppressed and how sad it is to be a caddy. Um, and, and, you know, like, to be that bottom guy on the totem pole. And that affected the scene as well, you yeah. know, that whole, that whole bottom man on the totem pole, and you just, you know, you, you do what you got to do to make a living, you know? Yeah, and, and you know, and the, again, you really see this side of Fritz, which, you know, you actually care about this guy, and, and you know, it was a piece of business, you know, this whole idea of the card, and, you know, that your card ends up on his body, that was something that was really important to the plot, mm -hmm. but you also because of how the scene plays, you get this real sense that, like, you're, you know, giving him the card because you really, like, start, to, you feel bad that you took advantage of this guy, you know, that you dragged him out onto the golf course, you you told him you were a cop and you really weren't. And, and you know, again, the relief, he totally plays this, this, this whole relief of, oh, my God, thank God you're not a cop, you know, like a guy who's been arrested, you know, in and out of jail his whole life. And it, it, this is this is like one of my favorite scenes, um, and I keep saying that. But this this really, from the acting, I just really love the the way you two you know were together. Yeah, Tobin Tobin uh, was. Uh, I remember we, he was living in New York, and uh, and I, I wanted to come out and go and see a couple of the agents and stuff. And he was away on a shoot, and he sent me his key, and I just hung out at his place. Tiny, tiny little. New that was York years ago, kind of huh? Thing. Oh, years and like in nineteen eighty-three, maybe. Yeah, that rarely lucky to get him. And uh, this was a scene again. Hey, look, look at that! Yeah. Look what I have on right here. Yeah, yeah. Same <laughs> sneakers you're wearing today. Same sneakers. I have the same jeans you said. <laughs> I have the same gym hey, shoes, hey, and I, you know, in this movie and along with a lot of other movies, if I can find oh, personal man. objects of mine that I can wear within the piece, or of the directors, it doesn't yeah, matter. or of the director, it doesn't matter. Something that really feels yeah, right. None of the other jackets worked. Do you remember? We tried yeah. on other things, and then all of a sudden, I said, well, "What size you wear, Jay? That's a yeah. great jacket there. You know, if we take care of it, you know." Yeah, of course. How about if I could use that jacket? And and you were so gracious, and you you agreed, and and then I, I wore my gym shoes, and you know my gym shoes are still good. Your jacket's ruined, but you know. Yeah, this is the scene. This is probably one of the. This is probably where the this scene and the other scene where you get beat up. That's where all the blood. That's where all the blood came from. Yeah, it wasn't my fault. It's his yeah. fault. See? Now this was a scene that again, you know, really wound up shooting completely differently than I expected because of the way. Um, now I I had I had a real uncle, uh, one one time, uh, not an uncle daddy, but I I had an uncle who did this, 
And uh, you, you, you were mentioning, you were telling me about mixing all this stuff in. With yeah, the, just a little bit. That was bit something of the in juice. the book. Yeah, yeah. And uh, this is this is an old time, uh, old time drink. In the, in the, and this, like a Dixie cup. This is kind. again, you know, which was interesting. I mean, here Kevin, who you know, again, we really didn't work with. We had, you know, we had shot, I think, that other scene, but was totally. He really was into improvising, and you know, it was like. He, it was really this scene wasn't working until probably we had 15 minutes left and you guys just start you know and and it was just like I just said to him okay improvise and and you went along with it I mean because it was not necessarily you know like how you had been acting in this film or I don't you know like your style but you just you said okay and you know that's when it really started to work when yeah. you guys just totally just started improvising a lot of stuff and, and uh, yeah I, the scene I, I, I remember uh, it, it's not in here, but the scene, the okay. original scene, okay. is 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 fairly overwritten. Done. It's okay. uh, it's a long kind of scene, and it's a, a big dialogue scene. Okay? Yeah. So what we ended up doing was touching on a few of the the main uh, subjects within the scene, and just sort of. Uh, blending those together, it, it's not as complicated a scene, but it, it, it yeah, you're right, it, it makes it work, and then we end up getting having some more physical stuff going on here, which uh, for me, it, it sort of helped draw us together and 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 to uh, make it make it visceral, you know, that kind of stuff really gets the actors going, I believe. This was this was fun. I mean, again, this is some, one of the things I love is like she was actually just during rehearsal eating a lollipop from um, from the craft service table, and I'm like, this is great. Just you know, just will you use this lollipop because it's totally that was your sick, yeah your sick uh, sick quality about you, Jason. Yeah, this is again more of our drive fun suck driving stuff. lollipop while you do the scene. Uh, <laughs> well, guilty as charged. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it, getting back to what you were saying again about this, the acting, and you know, one of the things that was like the learning process for me is just like really, you know, you get in there and you think it's going to work one way, and then all of a sudden it's not working, and you know, to be able to like say, okay, what the hell do we do? We've what only we got about now? twenty minutes what, what left to, yeah, yeah. to finish this. It's not working, you know, in any way whatsoever, <laughs> and. Um, It'll either end up being in the movie or out of the movie. We yeah. got we got to do something. Well, let's just hey, what the hell? Uh, just say action and I let's see what happens. And that that kind of shit works sometimes. Fuck with the wrong people. And, yeah, uh, and sometimes it didn't, and you know, <laughs> sometimes there's scenes that just <laughs> never make it into the film. Uh, this is this was an interesting. Uh, whenever I see this scene, all of a sudden, uh, from a from a. Uh, this perspective, uh, he he looks kind of like me twenty years from now. Yeah, Augie Dougal. Yeah, Augie. He's got the same kind of wavy hair. And this was and and Jack did a really good job. I mean, like on oh, man, yeah. He we just he was really fun to work with also. And and the scene where you beat him, I mean, that was just that was a, that was an amazing night. That was just a really amazingly. Uh, that was one of the that was one of the great evenings of uh, yeah of uh, night shoot film history. <laughs> night shoot, and you just like stayed in character the whole night, you know, which was kind of scary. That was a wee bit uh, intense that night. Yeah, I remember. Uh, 
thinking and we were in you and we were having a discussion before before the scene we were having this discussion on on how do you think and uh, you were asking my opinion on and what do you think we should cover in the scene it's such a long involved scene and and i remember without without questioning without hesitation i said cover the whole fucking scene yeah and how do we do that right i mean not a lot of people do that kind of stuff but I mean oh, the whole scene. That's when I got in trouble for shooting too much film. Yeah, but we covered the whole <laughs> scene. And you know what? You know what? If we hadn't have done the whole scene, the scene wouldn't have been After what it is today. Around, it's it's a wonderful scene, and you got every nuance, and you put it together so splendidly because you had the material to work with. If, if we had intellectually decided... Well, you know, oh well, we're going to keep this in. This is important. This is not important. So this is important. This is not important. How do we know? Until well, it's the all funny the thing is, is all put together. It's you know? like you know a lot of the things that I thought, like I wound up doing in the editing room. But it was also like I understood it was such a difficult scene, you know, to stay that intensely emotional that I just had to wind up shooting stuff that maybe I thought, okay, well later we really don't need this anymore. You may not need it, but, but you know, to like go to you and on top of having to do the scene, asking you at the last second to cut all this stuff, it was like, you know, and again, by that point I had realized, you know, that that was probably not a good idea. Well, it was, I thought it was, uh, I thought it was a very pivotal scene. It had a lot of information in it, and I wasn't sure, and as with you at that point in time, I'm not sure, but I don't think you were sure what we were going to need and what we were not going to need. And so basically, I just said, hey, man, do the whole bloody thing. Yeah, that was and a long scene. That was a long scene. And, and the way we ended up doing it was pretty interesting, too, because we ended up doing coverage. You know, we did the master and we ended yeah, well, up doing coverage. We should wait. We'll, we'll talk about what? that maybe when we get to that scene. Oh, we got, we're not at the Yeah, we're, 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 we're way far away from that at this point. Oh, yeah. Well, Still a lot of movies. Who cares? Yeah. You know, oh, well, but I hear the puppies. I like the puppies. The puppies. Yeah, the, the, uh, the uh, what are they? Racing dogs? They're um, whippets? Yeah, whippets. They were supposed to be greyhounds, but they were whippets. This yeah. was a really interesting, this, this, the couple who we rented this from, that was a really interesting. Uh, this is in Palmdale, again. Yeah, we're, the we're out in the desert. We shot um, the the gas mart and 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 this and there's a shack where you you find fat right, dog that little uh, brick deal yeah yeah that was all kind of just right near each other and this the couple who we um, uh, rented this from actually rented us the pickup truck as well and um, I think they were kind of just ready to go out and spend that money on uh, whatever on whatever that night yeah they just couldn't wait for us to disappear. Look at the little dogs, aren't they? Cute little guys. Yeah. This was, th this was you know, again, this was a scene we probably shot in about 30 minutes. Yeah, very Everything. quick. It was very yeah. quick scene. I mean, like, they were trying to convince us, or me, rather, at that point, to just not shoot the scene. They're like, do you really need the scene? Is it really going to make it in the movie? And it's always funny how, you know, like, you got all this stuff going on, and then at the last second, someone comes to you right before lunch and is like, you know, do you really think this scene's going to make it in the movie? And, you know, your answer's always like, Yes, I mean you know it, and it, or we would have taken it off the schedule. I, ne I never expect, I never understand why people do that because uh, well, exactly you it wouldn't be in the script by this point in time if you didn't intend to have it in the movie. Yeah, I mean and yeah. and you know and it wound up being in the movie. I mean I, I don't know that that um uh, 
I think you needed it. I mean, now you know it's like you could you could probably just tell the the whole story in ten minutes, but. I don't know if anyone would be that interested in it, you know. But people are always trying to outthink and and intellectualize. The, this this scene, I want to say, like again, just like watching you. This was another scene that, like, where it's really just you and and yeah. and the camera, and that's it. And it's like all you know. There's no dialogue, um, and just just the way that you look in the window and you you walk around. It's like there's something really. Um, that that you create, and I I think that's one of um, your greatest qualities as an actor to just, you know, to just be in front of a camera, and and find a way to just not like walk across the field or something, but to actually do it in a way that um, is interesting and that we want to watch you, and like just even coming in here, it's like all this stuff. I mean, you know, most people would just open the door and just like. You know, walk into the next place where they're going to say something or they're going to see something, and and it was really something that um, I, you know, I I can't say enough about how interesting it is to like watch Same you on film. This is a nice scene. I, I remember uh, going through every little moment and every little second. That dog Baker. Because you don't really know what's inside that room, and and you know there's something bad because. You can smell it, you know. And and the thing that I would also say is like, you know, why we changed a lot of this voiceover is because you really did act a lot of the voiceover. A lot of the things that you were, were that we had you saying, you know, by reading it in the script yeah. and reading it, um, you know, you nailed it. And then we wound up kind of taking the voiceover and doing something completely different with it. Um, but all this stuff, I mean, this is just. I, I love watching you just like walk around and, and even the next scene how you're discovering this and we cut a lot of it out we cut a lot of just you're walking up to the rock but yeah, right. it was just it, it's just fun and, and, and it's so you, you it's so when you're watching it or when you're shooting it you think oh well you know you don't really pay much attention to how how difficult it is to just walk you know and, and be interesting just walking <laughs> well I remember this specific uh, this specific moment here and I was like I didn't want to look where you're hiding it I said look just hide it and bury it really under all this stuff and bury it so that I have to work at getting it out and I don't necessarily I would you know I would have been really happy if I didn't know where it was at all and maybe you just left a little piece of something out of the sand, and I and I could have uh, like really find it. And and yeah, and and that and, kind of stuff. And the, for me, it's like God. I like like I know how little we're going to use of this whole scene, and yeah, you know, I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah. to go through. But that's oh, how that's you know. Right. It's like yeah, you have to understand how you know. At the end of the day, we're all just watching you, and so you know. A whatever. lot of times, people don't understand. You can yeah, you know, you may cut off the you may cut off that little clip in the beginning or the little clip at the end of the scene you may not use it in your movie and probably not this this but. again will sasso being dragged on the floor i mean this is really you dragging will sasso i mean and it it was like and it was amazing of him i mean he was such a to sport be, to be drugged yeah <laughs> he i mean was really yeah being like i mean he's, that cold cement floor believe me yeah and uh yeah and the and the arguments that ensued upon about this arm, huh? I mean, this was just uh, oh, the arm, the whole arm. Uh, yeah, I mean, and, and you know, it's it's funny because <laughs> some people love it, some people, you know, are just like it doesn't belong in the movie. You know, I'm I'm still a big fan of it. I I still think you probably have your reservations. Well, I've always I've always had my reservations about it. 
uh, in that I I always felt that it it was just kind of it came out of nowhere, and, and that's why we we talked about it and we discussed it and 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 we had the, the in the beginning of the scene earlier in the day you saw the wolf coming out of there. And there was this gnawing sound in the in the background, and and so I figured if there was a a, a large uh, canine, as opposed to just little rats and mice gnawing on the joint, it would be more believable that it would actually come out like that. Oh, oh yeah. Get a little little action from Michael little, Rooker. How could a movie bing, bing, be bing. complete without that? And then a little blood on your shoes just to pay you back for <laughs> the blood on my coat. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. And this is that actually... Was, that was actually mighty good mighty good uh, gun handling. I, I, yeah. I, 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 I have to applaud. Applaud yourself. Very good, very good, Mr. Rooker. This is actually you dragging this guy. I mean, who? This, I, this couldn't guy. have been very comfortable for him. This is the real guy, and and, and he almost looks Dead. as if it's some sort of uh, fake mannequin or something. Look how his foot is, how it's twisted like that. And he he was so cool about everything. He just played completely dead, and allowed me to just yank him up and carry him. And this, you know, this is probably like in a lot of ways we talked about this moment of you. You know, picking up the bottle and oh, like, God, yeah. te- you know, being tempted to drink this, this from this bottle that this Mexican. You know, who wouldn't would, need right. a drink after right. that? I yeah. mean, my God, I should have guzzled it down, you know, but it can't. You can't. I, I couldn't. You know, Fritz could not. It's like it was one of the last straws. But uh, this yeah. and this was great. Like we found a place in, um, or actually, the production designer Mark Rizzo found a place in Los Angeles that really looked like it could have been in Mexico. This little like exactly. corner here, and um, I went to the library, got myself some books. Well, that's all. That's fat some. talk stuff. I know. <laughs> Come on. Well, I. I this was this great. This is a pretty cool yeah. sequence here. Yeah. This was this was all handheld and. Um, Again, this is one of those scenes where, like, you just kind of kept going. I mean, we had talked about some of the different ideas, right. but um, you know, you really didn't want to talk about it too much. And um, this whole thing where you break the mirror in here was something that um, we had no idea when you were going to do it. Like I had said to you, "Hey, it might be interesting" or whatever, and you know, and and you can see the way that it was shot. Seo uh, had no idea you were going to do it at that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's fun, and you know, there's tons I, uh, of extra footage here that, that we never no used. I had no idea I was going to do it at that moment. It was it, one of the uh, spur of the moment. I knew that uh, you you had uh, wanted the mirror to be uh, sort of done in, and I wasn't sure when, and you wasn't sure. You know, you, you didn't well, know when, and 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 I I just remember you after the whole scene. You're up there in the. In the corner, you're peeking over the little yeah over the, the set over the set. You're in the corner of the wall, looking down, and uh, it's just me and the cameraman in there. Right yeah, now. and the and the and the first and the, assistant. Yeah, the right. But like pull. that's a real mirror. I mean, like the thing is, yeah. I had talked to you about breaking the mirror, and we had some ideas of what we were going to do or whether we were going to like cut it up, and you really didn't want to talk about it, and. Um, so we had no chance to like prop that up or anything, and that's the actual real mirror that we bought at IKEA, and um, you know, you, and I think you cut your hand doing that. Uh, not too bad, just a little bit. 
And uh, if you do it fast enough, you don't usually cut too badly. I, I liked this little section here, yeah. pushing that thing around with my head. Uh, all these thoughts are rolling through my head there. Yeah, pretty cool stuff, Jason. Yeah, well done. No matter how much I like the I like how you did this though. You really felt, you know. I, I, anyway, I really felt like you really got it, like what what it would mean. I mean, and we had been building up to this for so long. Yeah, yeah. It would mean for this guy to take a drink and how he... What would happen after? Yeah, and, and how he might feel. The aftermath. Yeah. Um, this is something that really, uh, again, Mark Rizzo, the production designer, did a lot of research on, and we, there's not that much of it in the film, but this idea of, like, you know, the freeways being everywhere and, like, the lines of it. And we did a lot of driving like that where you see the lines of the freeway and, uh, you know, <laughs> one shot for about the 15 that we took ended up in there. I like this scene, too. I Good really scene, like, yeah. I yeah. like this one as well. I, I thought this worked really, really well. Where it was very, again, really very, very simple to shoot and uh, shot it really quickly. But it, it, it and and you did the dialogue, you know, like you actually threw all this these facts in. I mean, and this was a one point where, um, you know, I guess it, you know you felt like it worked, yeah. where you're having to explain all this stuff to her. Yeah, real quick and and just to sort of to to startle her and get her in the car without yeah. too much to do. This visual right here, yeah, is the greatest shot in the movie. Not right now, but the end, the end of this scene. I absolutely love the end of this scene. Well, this was with it, the car in the yeah. foreground, that hole and the sun and the beach and the dunes. This was something that you know um, they had built these dunes when we had scouted the location. They hadn't built these dunes, but they built them for El Nino so that the. Um, uh, Water wouldn't come over and, and take and, the take the beach away. Yeah. yeah, and when we showed up there, they were there. And I'll tell you, you know, I you know, I'll tell you now. But when we, I wanted to shoot it on the dune. I thought visually it'd be really, really interesting. And I knew that I might have a problem with you convincing you to stand up on the dune. I, I really knew that because I'm like, you know, I knew you were going to ask me, well, why the hell would I be standing up on the dune? And you know, and I, so I just kind of like I asked more questions in this movie than I've ever asked in my life. And, and so you know, it was like okay, and I wasn't sure if it was going to work. Like I was just kind of like I knew, like I really had no explanation because I could try to explain it, but it was just you know I thought it like it just like looked really cool. And so, luckily, you got involved in something else. And you know, like you know, it's just obviously it's like there's so many things to think about from where you're at and from where I'm at. And you started talking about something else, and I'm like Just listening to you, and I'm and you're saying, well, we should really change this, and I'm like, and I'm all I want is you to stand up, on, you know, like to at least get up there, and 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 whatever we walked, you know, and, and that was not what was like on your mind, and it, mm -hmm. and it worked. I yeah, mean, the dune didn't bother me at all. Um, yeah, but you know, you, you never, know. but I knew if I had like it, it may have just. Like, there was no way of telling, and so we just kind of set yeah. it up, and we just, you know, it was something that changed, because I think initially we had talked it about was, you'd be on the dock and all this stuff. 
I'm gonna go tell Sally. But he already knows. I'm like hearing the music here. It's like something I probably should just mention, like how good the music was. Yeah. And how we found Cynthia. It adds to the whole mood of the piece. Yeah. I think that's probably something that people are going to remember about the movie. The music. Yeah, the visual, the music, everything set the mood. Yeah, it was, it was totally. Yeah. She wasn't a whore, I'd marry her. How'd you do? Where's he at? I'm calling you. Calling me? Walter's not here. Well, where'd he go to? He's in the hospital. It was me and his brother Mike that taught him how to drink, party, fuck and fight. But Wally was only good at one of them. This is, I mean, you know, this was really interesting how um, you crying in this scene, which really, I think, surprised me. I didn't, I didn't, it came out of kind of nowhere. Yeah, I, I wasn't sure. I didn't know what I was going to do there either. And uh, it just sort of uh, just happened and, and uh, you know, whatever. You just go with it, you know. And I remember we had this this long conversation of oh, whether, he was whether gonna... to drink then or not to drink then. Yeah. And, you know, that whole thing. Um, I really wanted to mention the music because it's something that I can just kind of hear coming through the speakers here a little bit. And um, Cynthia Miller, who did it, um, I just was really incredible. And the story of how we found her was really interesting because Toby Yates, who is the editor of the film, I love this scene. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. How, like... Cause that, you know, you really were really into cocking that gun the right way on him, and it, it really did kind of uh, work. Um, but Toby's dad had worked with um, uh, Cynthia on a movie, and she saw the film. We weren't sure if we could, you know, we had been temping the film with the Grifter soundtrack that she had worked on with Elmer Bernstein, and um, actually one of the cues that we used to temp the film was her cue, and we got her to come see the movie, and. I think she for about a month because we had no money. You know, kind of debated back and forth whether she really wanted to do this movie or not. This is I love. Uh, this is one of my favorite shots in the film, and this is the scene we have been talking about with. Earlier um, on, we were yeah. discussing how we uh, ended up doing the master, and then all the and then going through the close-ups, going through the coverage. whole thing yeah. all over again. But you know, just how like. I mean, this really hurt. I'm gonna go in I mean, this definitely really hurt, Chad. This was not like an easy scene for either of you. And I remember you coming in the next day and telling me my shoulders hurt from throwing all these punches. And now I'm like, yeah, well, think about Jack. I mean, you know. Yeah, Jack never got hurt, though. You know? I don't know that he got hurt. I don't think he was very. I mean, I don't think it tickled him. It was sort of like we, what we did in uh, uh, Cliffhanger. The big Cockney guy when he was kicking me. Mm -hmm. It was stage kicks, you know. You, you make body contact, but you don't use nearly any power at all. But it was, it was, like it was, it was pretty intense. I mean, I definitely, it's, and it was like scary. I think yeah. for him. I mean, yeah, you know, nonetheless, good. It should be, should have been scary for him. Um, but the you know, going back to the music, it was 
Cynthia really just really did a tremendous job, and I think that this film, you know, until yes. you heard the score and until that came in, um, a lot of the, I mean, she really played off like how you act, like like just looking at your face in this scene. It's like just how intense you were, and I think the music really underscored that and made you kind of. Um, Feel the other side, which is just that there's like all this stuff. I mean, while you're really being kind of sadistic and whatever, there's something else going on inside of. Uh, well, there's a reason for it. Yeah, you know, it's not just because I want to beat this guy up. Although I do want to beat this guy up, as Fritz Brown, uh, I'd rather do more to this guy than just beat him up. You know, because I know his history. I know what he did to the girl when she was only like 13, 14, right? And uh, so. Right, and and you really feel, um, yeah. Well, like you find out in the that, scene yeah, previous yeah, yeah. that, and we had moved these scenes around a couple of times, but you find out in the in the in the scene previous, yeah, that she was screwing around, that he was screwing around with her, and I think that was something, you know, that was kind of part of like, you know, just you couldn't believe that, you know, that he would do something like that to this girl, like when she was so young. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, but this is this is the uh, this is the scene. This is where we did all the coverage. We did. Totally, uh, we you put the camera, turned it on, and we just rolled and did the entire scene in the in the close up, did the entire close up all the way through, and yeah. then we, if we ran out of film during the take, we just stop where we were. I stopped where I was. I did not move. I stayed right where I was. Kept the same intensity without speaking, just in suspended animation for a brief moment while the uh, camera team reloaded the camera, and then we resumed. And uh, I, I've never seen that done before, and it was really cool well, to be able to do it that way because we got. You got everything, absolutely everything you would ever need to put this together. And it is such a very pivotal scene because it has so much information that I felt very strongly about, as you know, I felt really strongly about doing it. Yeah, and, and, you know, and Toby, the editor, I mean, we spent a long time on this scene because, it, like you said, it was much longer. We moved pieces around, stuff that had happened. You know, you had said earlier in the scene, we moved it to later, and it was, it was like a jigsaw puzzle. Um, and one of the other things that was difficult for you is that, you know, in, when you're shooting an independent film, a lot of times you're shooting short ends. So, you know, on a big movie, they just load up another thousand feet of film, you know, 10 minutes worth of film and just shoot it. And it's like, you know, what they're concerned about is the, you know, the actor first and foremost. And for us, you know, sometimes we were loading up like three minutes of film. And you know you're, you're constantly well, I, having to stop. I actually wouldn't. I wouldn't go that far and say the big movies are concerned about the actors first and foremost. <laughs> but it, but in, in a but, sense, if film is like not it, like they don't really have to think about the fact that there's only a certain right. right you know, right, right. Um, short ends can be very frustrating. Yeah, especially when you have a very long scene like that was, and uh, it, it was it added to the scene. Whatever happens on the set during during the filming of a movie affects the actor ten times, a hundred times more than it might affect the grip 
or sure you know and it just it's intensifies everything. this was the very first scene we shot this is the first day of filming and that guy there Chris Maloney had actually done um, like one of the first short films I ever did Chris was in it and it was really kind of cool to, that he came back and, and, and did this this scene and uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun um, and this you know like I said this is like the first day for me the trucks roll up and you know wow we're shooting a movie like oh my god you know all these people are looking to you and they're like okay where do we put the camera what are we doing today you know and you're just like okay yeah I guess uh, and you look at them and go what don't you know come on you're the DP. You guys tell me where you want to yeah. put it. Yeah, <laughs> was. This is a lot of fun. I this is like scene. you know. This was quite a nice scene. Yeah, ended up being a really nice scene for this. Is the first day. This is the very first day of first shooting. First day. Yeah. This ended up being. This was a great scene for the first day. Yeah, it was a lot. This was a lot of fun and. Um, yeah, yeah. I met him once briefly a short while ago. Why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I really, yeah, that's right. The first day. It's always weird the first day, you know? I mean, you're just trying to, like, because you, you can meet and talk all you want, but, like, getting on the set and actually working, you know, you're going to expose certain parts of yourself to one another, and it's it's always going to be a little bit... Uh, this little was actually a very end. tough scene to, to open with for guys. a movie. Uh, but it ended yeah, up being quite quite nice. I remember uh, enjoying the scene and... and and uh, six expended shells were found. Thinking that, yeah, the if these guys were real coppers, yeah. I'd be very so intimidated. And, and you know, a funny thing that I remember about this scene is actually um, Chris had told me when I first, when he first said he'd do it, yeah. um, that he wanted to wear a mustache. And then John, like, called me about three days before we were supposed to shoot it and said that um, he had grown a mustache and, uh, you know, he wanted to wear a mustache. And so. You know, I had to say to him, well, look, I don't know if, like, both of you guys, you know, should be wearing a mustache. And, you know, you kind of start to realize, like, that's what, what directing is all about. Like, just, yeah. you know, being a traffic cop about mustaches. and. Um, but, you know, that, that you know, he sh ended up shaving his mustache. But I got to tell you, if he had had a mustache and Chris had had a mustache... It, it wouldn't have done any. It wouldn't. It wouldn't have destroyed this movie. It, you would have thought these guys are partners, right? No, but I think it would. <laughs> I think it would have made. Because when I talked to Chris about it, I think it would have made him uncomfortable. Like you know, you See, know what I mean. That's the actor being uncomfortable, yeah. and that's too bad. Because I, I got to tell you, I know a lot of coppers, and and a lot of times, the the partners start looking alike after a while. Uh -huh. Well, there you go. That's, <laughs> learn something every day. Next time they can both have. There you go, Jay. Ah, uh, uh, yes, lovely scene, uh, whispering in my ear there, sweet nothings. Yeah, it was funny. I mean, I wonder, what did you think the first day, you know, after the first day and we were shooting this thing? I mean, you know, I was kind of, I was excited. I mean, I have to say, you know, it had been a long time in the making, this film. Um, well, yeah, I mean, it had definitely been a long time. It, it was a long time for you before we even hooked up. And because uh, we we uh, uh, well, this did a lot of work on the on the on the uh, conversion uh, converting the the novel to the to well, the script. I mean, you I had spent already done that. Yeah, you spent I mean, gobs and years gobs of hours and, um, and hour man and, and just chasing and it. You know, like just chasing the novel, and and it was something that. Um, well, how long did it take you to get it? I mean. Well, I, I first no thought about, um, I first read this novel in yeah. film school um, when I was going to school at USC, and um, at the time, Ed Pressman had it um, optioned, and 
Um, How much she end up paying for it? Uh, I can't say it was it was it was too little. <laughs> Elroy would you know would be actually very uh, upset if I said how much. A couple that, million dollars, right? Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's it. Right, exactly. Yeah, sure, sure. I mean, pretty cool. much, probably this movie costs less than um, you know his check for any of his novels right now. I, I'd have to imagine. Um, Valerie Perrine, you guys were like you get you really hit it off with her in a in a, in a strange way. Yes, huh? yes, yes. I remember. Uh, it was I remember a fun coming scene. to the trailer and like you guys were like. Like rehearse, you know. There was just something really interesting, and you know, like you just were really kept rehearsing and playing around with the scene. And um, I think she really liked you, Michael. Yeah, she was so into her. Uh, she was very into her props. And I've already, I've always dug actors who are sort of like they get so into their, to their props that they forget about anything else. And it's kind of nice. She did. She was this way in this scene. And. Um, this was and this was a really interesting place to shoot because I have a feeling that the this was shot in an actual trailer park that it was probably like there was probably um, they were making uh, speed there was probably a speed lab there I mean it was really 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 strange the this actual trailer that we shot in when we went to scout locations and you know we got it for a couple hundred bucks which is kind of what you have to do on these kind of movies I mean most of these most of the stuff there a lot of it is actually like that fire extinguisher actually um, what was there um, but there were ashtrays everywhere and cigarettes everywhere and like the sign on the outside about the dog that was there and it was just this well, was like you don't have to really uh, set the, you don't have to have set dressing do a lot of work there you know if you're willing to work in in, in uh, they had to do a lot of work just trying situation. to clean it up enough yeah. so that we could you know so that you guys could at least feel comfortable going in there it was it was crazy. That was a really kind of like weird place to work. I mean, um, like working in in this like there's a lot of speed labs out there in Palmdale, and and I have a feeling, like I said, looking at a lot of the people around and what was going on, the vibe there that that we may have been working in that environment, which was made it more fun. Uh, you know, maybe <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> yeah, you never know. This was and then and then this was like also a scene that um that it was really raining you know I mean outside while we were shooting this scene and and pulling up and all that and um you know it made everything that much more difficult um, for me the first day it rained so many days on this film and and the first day it rained I was really scared I'm like oh my, you know because everyone like you know you hear all these war stories like shooting the rain and it's like you know you get half as much done and and I remember. You know, you saying to me the first day it rained, and you had said that you had worked with Oliver Stone, and that um, you know, you, you gave me the great line about how, like, I think it was Kevin Costner was asking him about how they were going to shoot the scene in, in the rain, and he said something about like, you you put the umbrella up or something like that. Yeah, yeah, he gave him an umbrella and said, okay, if it rains, put it up. If it stops raining, take it down. And Period. Yeah, I mean, you find you know, a way. Uh, now, action, go, <laughs> do the scene. And it became kind of fun. I mean, you know, it was something that, like, it would have cost us so much money to have a film look like that and, you know, have all this rain. Um, we got it all free. LA. Yeah. In L.A. Yeah. yeah. Theory had been forming. Oh, uh, yeah. Remember this? This was, a, uh, yes. was, again, probably 40 minutes of time to shoot this scene. I mean, which even to me, like, I'm like, why is it taking so long? 40 minutes, you know, but, you know, for what we got, it was worth it. Um... And this scene was again like one of those days that um, 
it was just, I mean, this was, I think, the first day it had rained, and it really threw me off. And I remember going into here, and scene worked out really well. I mean, it really, it really did work out well. And and um, this was when I was starting to realize like how unpredictable uh, you could be, because I. I just the way you play the scene, I definitely wasn't expecting you to do anything, uh, anything like this. This is like an actual liquor store out in the valley, and um, I had fun. You know, visually, I just thought it would be really interesting to kind of put you in the midst of all this, like kind all of the alcohol. Yeah, yeah exactly. The, yeah. yeah, I thought it would be kind of an, you know, an interesting beverages. Um, and tell me what it is you want. But it was fun, and this is this turned out to be kind of a a, a fun scene. What do you want to give me? Yeah, we were definitely uh, um, um, uh, uh, restricted by what we could do, you know, because it is kind of a close uh, in tight yeah, there's, you know, set. I mean, it's a real liquor store. So. Not that many places to put the camera. Yeah, that's right. We were right. dealing with the noise of um, like the, the, the freezers and the, the and freezers freeze and the air people coming in because we didn't shut down the liquor store and um, all of that. I mean... And it's raining, and so that also like just you know everything we thought maybe we were gonna do and have part of the scene take place outside and all this stuff, you know none of that like all of a sudden none of that was like possible. Um, but whatever happened to that jacket I have on there? The jacket? That's I still a, have that jacket. That's a pool. Yeah, that's a pretty cool jacket. I was supposed to take that jacket home. No. Yeah, I, yeah, like yeah. I heard you were trying to take that I jacket home. I wanted that but, uh, jacket. You yeah. stole the jacket. I didn't you steal the jacket. I bought that jacket from the production. Oh, you did. Yeah, that's where it. Went. I figured, you know, whatever. Ah, if uh, I was it would be a cool prop to have. I really wanted jacket. the car. You know, that what was but to the car. The car just went back to the lot. That, oh, that was a car they shot. Um, some. Uh, some kid teen movie. The car actually worked. Yeah, the car worked. This is a cool car, but like I just was like, you know, I could I couldn't really afford it, and uh, you know, I figured, well, one day, you know, one day. Oh, we, you know, we did all kinds of little things with, like, remember, I digress a wee, a wee bit back to the grave digger. Remember the grave digger? I mean, he was a real ranch hand. Yeah, the guy had never acted a day in his life, you know. And and he had to drink from the bottle, and he had to dig, and it was. Well, I remember we, we you got him out of breath. We wanted him out of breath, as if he had been digging for a while, yeah, and you yeah. kind of took him and you started running him all around, you know, I out in the Marine field. Yeah, Corps sergeant. Yeah, on his ass. We were out and then there you just got him on the field. Got him jump right into the ditch right before we called um, action and. It worked. It worked, yeah, totally it worked. One of the things also, just as I'm watching the scene that was interesting, is how Seo lit you the whole way. And, and, you know, you were willing to do that. If you see, like, you know, um, like he really made you have these, like, bags and all this stuff under your eyes because he was constantly lighting you um, from the top. And so you get, like, these really kind of, like, these shadows and and kind of the way your face looks. It's very, you know, it, I mean, it is very well, angular well, anyway. Well, Lord knows I have absolutely no bags under my eyes. And uh, very, very handsome. Hardly any wrinkles to my face yeah. whatsoever. And so that sale, man, he is a genius, <laughs> that guy. <laughs> but it, it was very harsh. I mean, it was like overhead. Here you see the fluorescent light, but we actually, like in a lot of locations, would hang. Actually hang one over. Like, now. yeah, right over top of you. So you're getting like, you know, it was not very, very, like, flattering at all. And look, uh, look how I came out. I mean, yeah. again, it, it, uh, you know, even uh, dealing with such diverseness, 
I, I, I look amazingly handsome for, uh, for such a, a well-lit fellow, eh? Yeah. <laughs> like so, I'm in prison right yeah. here. <laughs> Well, you probably by this point in the film felt like you were in prison. Like, you know, every day, show up early in the morning, no time off. I loved it. I loved it. You know, I got to tell you, I mean, you, you do a lot of big movies. I do a lot of movies where it's a big, giant movie and it costs a lot of money. And, and you go in, you leave, you come back. I mean, it's there's almost uh, well, this is a, like feeling, uh, a feeling of... Uh, you're not really a part of it almost, you know? You just come in, do your scene, come, go away, come back two weeks later. This, you're there every day, well, all day long. It's And it was great. I got to tell you, it really felt like... Uh, well, I remember you said to me, um, like from the very start, you said, look, you know, like, yeah, you know, because I, you know, I had adapted it and I was directing it. You know, I had spent all this time on it. You said, look, this is, you know... My name's going to, I'm the guy who's going to be up there on the screen, you know, every second of the way. And so, like, I, you know, it's, if it doesn't work, it's going to be just as much a failure for me as it is for you. Oh, absolutely. That's when we were, yeah, we were discussing, yeah. we were discussing the, uh, we were discussing the dialogue from the novel yeah. to the script form. And, and you, you were really in love with uh, some of the phrases that were in the, no that, that's in the novel. And, and, and for me, the the phrasing was just very odd. It felt hard to say. It was. It felt like it was uh, uh, right. It was literally right out of the novel. And I, I felt we had to colloquialize it a wee bit, make it a bit more. And we uh, and we fought and a we lot did. about that. And, we, and you know, and we did. And, and I think, and, but we kept some good, pretty cool stuff too. You know. Yeah. That, I mean, I really, you know, that was something that a lot of people had said to me was oh you know people don't talk like this and you know I, I think it's always important I mean you know that, I love that blood Look yeah that was that was a lot of blood <laughs> it was a chest wound yeah that was good I remember doing the scene you know we're like how are we gonna make this blood look like it's gonna pour out of my chest you know and we're and we're talking about it and I go well here you know just fill up these you know you fill up these little pat uh, pouches of no what did we have we had a condom he filled it up with blood and you just kind of squeeze it right when I, the shot happened i i squeezed the damn thing and i just kept squeezing it the blood looked like it was gushing out of my chest and 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 all this, this scene remember we yeah, had this, this whole was, discussion well, this was funny scene? yeah like because everyone <laughs> thought this wouldn't work and you know and i had actually been talking about this shot since the very beginning remember, of yeah. um of um, production, and I said, you know, I what I want to do is I just want to drag the camera on a blanket, you know, on a sound blanket, and then just turn it over. And I remember, like, you know, this is again one of those things, like at the very end of the night, do you really need that shot? And I'm like, yeah, I really need that shot. You know, it's definitely going to make it into the movie. Um, this was a very complicated sequence because we were trying to. Not tell the audience who is actually being drugged. You know, at, at first. Well, and we thought that the voiceover sure would yeah. make you think yeah. like that that you were in control, right, and then we were going to realize that it, that it really wasn't you. And and this is again this whole thing with all the shooting and stuff here, which is. Um, 
uh, Brian was like, really, you guys, this is the only scene we really had a chance to rehearse. And he came in, and you came in, and, and, and because there were squibs and all this kind of stuff, we had to um, orchestrate it. And one of the things that was really funny is that, you know, I wanted to blow this hole in his throat and in his head and he's like no you know you don't know how long it's going to take and you know i've done a someone's done that to me before and it really is bad and he says okay you'll do one in the head and we'll do one in the in like you shoot me in the balls and i'm like okay that's a great idea and i remember so then we like had these pants these sweatpants that he had and we rigged him up to shoot him in the balls and the day we get there to shoot the scene i get word from like one of the assistant directors saying that Brian no longer is going to let you shoot him in the balls. Like, he won't do it. And I'm like... Oh, he's afraid. Yeah, yeah, he's afraid something's going to happen. And I'm like, oh, fuck. And so I went up to his trailer and I said, look, you know, you're the one... Like, this was your idea. I mean, we're not going to do your idea. Come on. Like, you know, we, we this was this is what you said was going to work. And he was having second thoughts. Yeah, he was having it, yeah. second thoughts. But he... Um, we made a compromise. And um, in the sense of... Uh, that shot is actually a stunt man, you know, so it, it worked. I mean, I was able to, like, you know, he, he really, really, really didn't want to do it, and finally we realized, okay, look, a stunt man could do it, and, you know, um, but yeah, 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 yeah. he was that, fun. Oh, that's right. That's yeah, right. yeah, he was a lot, I mean, he was just a lot of fun to work with. I mean, it's, it, it's, uh, he, someone who's worked on that many movies, you know, and again, has just been in that many kind of, like, action films, just knows so much about, like, what's going to happen. And this was, you surprised everyone, um, getting naked and going in the water. I mean, again, it's something that you really... I, on, on this kind of film, it's like, you know, you, I just really had to, like, just see how far you would go. And, um, I mean, you went all the way, Michael. You probably would have taken it, you know, off your, uh, very your shorts. Very, if, uh, very handsome. Enough. If we thought, uh, you know, everyone was like, oh, no, if he takes off his shorts, it'll be Axe. <laughs> and this was, again, all, all in the first day. I think we shot this scene was another scene that we shot in the first day. Um, and we had to determine, if you remember, we had to determine how this thing was going to look. Because yeah, we had to set this up, say, you know, yeah, this, you this, know, this said, thing. Remember I said, just give me some goddamn duct yeah. tape and I'll tape it on my shoulder. Get me a, get me a towel and bingo there. And there was. Yeah, it works great. Yeah, it, worked, it really did work great. And, and. Uh, and uh, the chop suey. Remember, yeah. Remember? We were actually eating that. I think by that point was, you were really kind of hungry. It was very good, actually. Yummy, yummy. And another shot that just was all this this last couple of shots you've seen, you know, were stuff that we just did. It was a couple of us just out there with Michael uh, shooting, and um, this this was a scene that like we wound up shooting a bunch more stuff than actually made it into the film. And I think that um, it just really simply um, just the look on all the you know the way the actors did it. You really didn't need to say too much. I mean, it kind of was all pretty clear from from how you looked and how she looked and how um, Harold looked, um, and this and the golf balls. I love this. This was this was Rizzo's. Remember the golf yeah. balls? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mark Rizzo built the set. We actually built it on. This is the um, one set that was literally. Well, this was yeah perfectly constructed yeah. to um, allow us to make this statement, and he. He did a great job for like no money. I mean, building this set and you know, like at, at the end of this scene or I think the next shot, you actually see this um, high shot uh, where you get a real good sense of all the balls. And it was like you know, like our 
Citizen Kane shot of like just you know that's a prop up there where all the balls are glued up to the left side of the screen to make you feel like you know there's that there's golf balls stacked kind of, to the yeah, ceiling yeah. everywhere. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And this was fun where you found Fat Dog's money. Um, again, you know you kind of really didn't want to know exactly where it was. And you know you're looking around, and I and again by this point, I mean right, I know right. like I'm only going to use like you know not not a ton of it, but you know you just had a lot of fun. I mean, and I think that's what you enjoy to do, enjoy doing, just like looking around and playing around with this whole where is it. Um, See, I I, I I dug having the sweater get stuck on the door there, and it and I used it enough to have it stop me. Because it was an accident, I was gonna do the. I was gonna stop anyway. Mm -hmm. But to have the sweater, or the little. The what happened to that shirt, money, Mike? I meant to ask you about cool. that. Well, that money, you know, I'm. I'm not actually sure where that money went. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think. I think the. Um, the. Uh, I was always pissed that they cut. They cut the carpet. Like I disappeared for ten minutes, and they cut the carpet. The you know, the way uh, I didn't want. I wanted you to find it like in a, in. See how they cut the carpet there? I really right. didn't want that to happen. And it's funny how, like, you know, you really can't, like, if you're, you know, for me anyway, when you're directing, you really can't leave the set ever. Like, even you go to the bathroom and you come back and something's a little bit different than, than how you planned it. And, uh, you know, you just have to learn to have, like, a really large bladder. Oh, remember this. This is like, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. They start. Yeah, this is great. This and this is, is cool like scene. you telling these guys, like, they were really afraid to really grab you and drag you. And you're like, no you know really grab me and I remember I think you grabbed one of those guys and you're like look like this <laughs> that's right and uh, and we're back to the the very yeah. opening shot which Window. is yes. um, the same exact shot uh, only oh, this time cool. you're seeing it you know not in slow motion at real speed and I like um, I and in a real actual in cheetahs again in Los Feliz uh, that's a right. lovely no. lovely strip bar and uh Yes, yeah, we spent many yes, lunches there, right, Michael? Yes, we did. It's where we like to work on the script. See, look at the brick in the background. Yeah. Fake brick. <clears throat> and only, like, only his eyes moving, his face twitching in that shot. You know, that was like the, that was one of the hardest shots to do is get a shot of someone looking dead. You know, because it's like always something is going to move on your face. And, you know, we, I just, I think that part worked. And I'll send him our ending in black and white, which again, you know, um, Ta -da. everyone thought, oh, this is totally stupid. Oh, no. Black and white, the audience isn't going to understand it. And uh, <laughs> hey, maybe they don't, but I got it. And, you know, you were willing to go along with it. I so. got it. It's black and white. What's right. not to understand? <laughs> Was there a deeper meaning? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, Oh, well, I wanted to put the I wanted the boat to be in the water actually. Right, exactly. But they, we couldn't put the wa uh, the boat in the water and have it burn uh, burn because there there was a um, ordinance about that kind of stuff. Well, it would have gotten completely out of control. How were we going to control the boat? So we 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 compromised. Um, yeah. But you know what we what was really great about this film, I think, is the you know is all the acting. I mean, your work and everyone else's in the film and. You know, watching it again, um, that, the music, and everyone who worked on it, I, I really, you know, I, we were really fortunate to have... I uh, haven't seen it, I yeah. haven't seen it in a long time now, so it's first time... Tim Yude, quite a who, uh, along with me, optioned the novel, and David Rubin, and getting James Elroy to James let us Elroy, have this novel. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
and Tobin and all the actors are in alphabetical order, but I, I just, that was um, and Selma Blair, who really did a great job, um, and Jack, who played um, Jack Ralston, Cullen. Kevin Corrigan, who played uh, Walter, right. um, Brad Dorif, and all these guys, like, you know, to just come out for one day to do this film for... One day, not even a whole day, yeah. a lot of times. Harold yeah. Gould, who... I, I, you know, I can't, that was the fun of it, I think, um, just working with these actors. And I learned, I think, so much from everyone. Barry Newman, who um, was a lot of fun to work with, and William Newman, who played Augie Dougal. Um, how much more should I keep going on? Are you Valerie, guys interested? Valerie that. Perrine, yeah. But no, we did a lot of, a lot of, we had a lot of great people here. A lot of great people, good acting all around. I mean, going back to what you had said before about the, you know, the screenplay and, and, and the way people talked in the screenplay, I mean, we definitely spent a lot of time working on that, and, you know, it was oh, a fight like, between us. Because one, two, it was just between me and you, yeah. and it was two, we spent like, uh, probably about two weeks going over every single, I remember going yeah. over every single And arguing about it. And, it, and it's like, and I kept saying to you, and, look, and, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, you yeah. gotta have people talk in, you know, you, the character has to have a distinct voice. And that was something that I think, you know, in the end, um, I felt like by the time we got to the voiceover, um, it really was um, this voice of Fritz Brown. And in a lot of ways, like I, I'm probably of all the dialogue in mm -hmm. the film, I'm like, on some level, most happy with that because it was like the I knew. Over. Yeah, I mean, because the I, voiceover but, ended up being, uh, I mean, really uh, so much better than the 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 very first take, you know, because we had, we had done it three, four, five different times, didn't we? Do it like five, six times. Yeah, you we know, did it. and it just kept getting better and better and better and better. And and you know, the other thing, just looking at the titles, is like these titles are like some of the longest. I've, you know, it's like afterwards, I'm like, wow, these you know, people said to me these are the longest title sequence, and you know, ever for a film because everyone's name is up there for a while. But you know, I really felt like everyone really contributed to this film. I mean, looking at the names again, I mean, you know, everyone... I, well, I'm, the title sequence yeah. is, Jay, the title sequence is not just title sequence. If you look at it, the title sequence, I feel, has a rhythm, just like the movie. Yeah. The movie had a rhythm to it, it had a mood to it. The title, even the title sequence, has a certain mood. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I like, for me, it was like, I wanted, um, this is the music that was underneath that scene that uh, Cynthia played underneath the scene with you and Selma yeah, which yeah. is kind of like the theme of kind of you starting to feel something for her and uh, again like all the drivers every one of these guys this is a movie where like every person on this film um, contributed yeah contributed uh, and like helped uh, out major like, amount of effort and time like and the energy. drivers yeah. were talking to me one day about like well why are we gonna move you know like why are we gonna do a crosstown move you know on a Friday like that's the stupidest thing and and you know just from listening to them you know we learned something and saved a couple hours and um, that's why I thought it was really important to be able to like read everyone's name and I hope like on this video copy that you can um, and it looks like you can read everyone's name I guess we're supposed to wrap this up now. I, I, Michael, you know, it's uh, it's never easy getting together with you, but... Uh, Why is that, Jay? I don't know. I think it's probably because think, you don't bathe. I, I think because you like me so much. You like me, you like me and, and, and it scares you. You know, I come into the room and you go, my God, look at that. Look at that, Mike Rooker, man. Wow, what a nice Jerry, haircut he what has. What a nice macho guy. Are you working out? Huh? You, you yeah, have been man. working out, right? I mean, check those biceps out, baby. Wow. 
I'm working out. Put your shirt back on, Michael. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for uh, listening to us, and uh, I hope you uh, see the movie many more times. Wow, th- this that's your stomach? That's incredible. How's that? How yeah, it? it really is amazing. <laughs> Take care and uh, tell a friend. Buy another yeah. copy. Oh, buy two copies. Okay. <laughs> buy one for me and one for Michael. <laughs>